building entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Firestorm, the Fire and Water Podcast. But we're not going to talk about them this time. But we're still a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast <laughs> Network. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, and along me, as always, is my co-host, the esteemed Rob Kelly. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, it always makes me laugh that when we title these episodes Geek Talk, because, of course, every single episode that has ever been on this network is Geek Talk. Well, you know, let's expand that. Pretty much any time someone sits down to have a conversation with us is pretty much Geek yeah, Talk. Yeah, right. That's true. It doesn't need to be recorded uh, for that exactly. matter. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. As I can testify to that in just a bit. <laughs> so, yes, Rob and I decided that, quite frankly, we're too lazy to come up with a structured entertainment for you. We thought we'd just have a conversation and record it. That's kind of how this went down. <laughs> Well, we also haven't recorded. We've also had some adventures uh, individually in the last couple of weeks, and so we thought it would be fun to just catch up and talk about those things. You and I have not recorded in three weeks, so exactly. You know, we, we'll, we'll get back to some other content that's not Aquaman or Firestorm related next week as well, but for this week, <laughs> we can just do Geek Talk. Best three weeks of my life, by the way. But uh, before we go much further, we should take a second to thank our sponsor. Folks, this episode of Geek Talk is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Now, what'd you bring, buddy? My pick is completely without context. It is Gil Kane. Undersea Agent Hardcover, written by Gardner Fox, art, of course, by Gil Kane. Uh, it says, after the job was done for the Thunder Agents, a new force was revealed, an undersea agent helmed by comics master Gil Kane. The special hardcover collection includes all of his work from the short-lived series, a must-have for Kane fans and for Tower Comics collectors. Uh, it's only 72 pages. The Undersea Agent uh, series didn't run that long, but boy, does 
Is it pretty looking? Because it's late 60s Gilcane on the cover. You see the undersea agent who kind of looks like a cross between uh, Adam Strange and maybe a little bit of Aquaman, a little bit of uh, Magnus Robot Fighter fighting a giant sea monster. It's super, super fun. The normal price is $17.99. In stock trade, trade price is only $12.59. That's 30% off. If any of you have ever read the Thunder Agents comics from Tower, you'll know that they are a real blast because they're kind of this like alternate super team and there's some fun characters here. And Undersea Agent was sort of a spinoff of that. And as drawn by Gil Kane, they are really, really fun undersea kind of James Bond adventure. So Gil Kane's Undersea Agent. It sounds a lot of fun. However, it is not what I was expecting because I did not hear the apostrophe S when you read the title. So I thought it was um, was Undersea Adventure. Is that what it's called? Undersea Agent. Okay. I thought it was Gil Kane Undersea Agent. Like it was a comic <laughs> about Gil Kane as an undersea agent. I was really excited about that book. That would but, be a really uh, cool comic too. It really cool. I mean, can you imagine like Gil Kane like going fisticuffs with Jack Kirby side by side and just kicking the shit out of some Nazis or something? That'd be awesome. Anyway. Hard, hard to draw underwater. That's true. Uh, my pick is uh, actually related to something I'm going to talk about today. It is Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 8, which was a comic book series originally published by Dark Horse. Uh, this particular one I'm picking out is Volume 2 of the Omnibus uh, called No Future for You. They also have Volumes 3 and 4 out there in in-stock trades right now, by the way. And it's an incredibly steep discount of 60% off. So wow. these things are 120 pages, and they in this one uh, collects issues 6 through 9 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 8, which if you don't know, when the series went off the air, it had seven full seasons. And then uh, they did a bunch of Buffy comics for the years. But eventually Joss Whedon did something called Season 8, which was supposed to be, you know, in canon, the next adventure of Buffy. And they did Season 9, Season 10, and I don't know how many seasons they did, but they did a bunch of them. But uh, it had Joss Whedon at the helm, which is pretty cool. And this particular one's also written by Brian K. Vaughn. So, I mean, Joss Whedon and Brian K. Vaughn writing something, that's not bad. Uh, anyway, it normally retails for $15.99. As I said, it's 60% off. So you can get it for $6.39. That's crazy. I mean, that is just, like, nothing. And uh, so it's definitely worth your time. You can pick up volumes two, three, and four, all pretty darn cheap. And uh, I'm sure you can find volume one somewhere laying around in a bookstore somewhere. So I thought it'd be worth picking up because I am going to mention a little bit about Buffy later in the show. So for – did you ever watch – well, you know what? I'll save it for when we talk to about it. But for these and all your other trade paperback needs, please visit InStockTrades.com. Go up to the Contact Us button and let them know that the Fire & Water Podcast Network sent you. So, Rob, you uh, had a very – cool recent adventure um and if people aren't subscribing to pod dylan they might not know about it you want to tell them uh yeah i did my first ever live podcast uh (laughs) which is really terrifying it was part of the 2019 philadelphia podcast festival where i did a live episode of pod dylan uh from this really cool bar restaurant in south street philly called the tattooed mom uh and my guest was the uh, renowned music critic tom moon uh, who has uh, whose uh, music uh, criticism and writings have appeared in Rolling Stone, NPR, the Philadelphia Inquirer, and it was really the Philadelphia Inquirer where I, I, I learned of him because in the '90s he was doing reviews of Dylan concerts, and I would go see Bob live, and then I would come home the next day and morning get the paper, and there was Tom's review. And it was really exciting. Right. And so I befriended him on Twitter not that long ago, and I invited him to do the show, and he readily agreed. Very, very nice man. And if I I can just to your horn for a second for you, because you blew right past it. I mean, Rob had to submit an application to even be in this festival and get approved and everything. So, I mean, huge props to you that you even got approved to be in it, and then you got to do the live show. I mean, dude, that's awesome. 
Yeah, all credit to David A. Gutierrez, who really kind of pushed me to do it, because if left to my own devices, I probably wouldn't do things like this. But this year, as some of you know, has been a a year of great upheaval uh, over here. And so I'm trying to do as many different and new things as as I can. And I thought, well, when I applied for it, I was like, I'm not going to get in. So this is fine. I can say I did it, and I don't have to worry about getting in. And then I got in. (laughs) Uh, And then then I spent the remaining, like, two months uh, really fretting about this thing oh he did Um, we had to hear about it on our network chat all the time yes yes thank you very much um (laughs) but then and then especially the 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 final day of the day of i was like sick to my stomach i was so nervous but uh luckily uh my best gal pal kelly i guess her first name is kelly my last name is kelly let's move on uh was (laughs) was an enormous help uh we spent one whole weekend driving around the tri-state area distributing flyers uh, for the show, which was really cool. She could not have been better about this, about helping me out of like just getting all the nuts and bolts of this thing uh, done. And so I did the show, and I was very, very, very touched that so many of my friends showed up. Uh, my my pals, uh, Dean Compton and his girlfriend, Emily, both of whom uh, have been on. Actually, Dean will be on a pod, Dylan, shortly. Emily has been on Treasury Cast and on Film & Water. Uh, my pal, Dan Colon, who was, I did the Jaws commentary with. Of course, Kelly was there. My sister was there. My nephew was there. Uh, it was it was a uh, – my pal, Dan Eaker, who I've been seeing um, – I went to the Cubert School with, and I've been seeing Bob Dylan concerts with for 25 years, mm. uh, was there. And so it was great to look out. It's a small room, but it was great to look out and see so many familiar faces. Uh, that was just really, really – uh, really sort of settled my nerves down. And so we sat down on this couch and we started to talk and the, the topic was uh, like a Rolling Stone. I decided to save, you know, one of the big songs for a special occasion and this counts. Even so I know Tom, that one. Right, exactly. And so Tom and I sat there and uh, we had a really, really good time. I got some good laughs in and I had some good ad-libs and Tom, of course, was fascinating as he always is. And it was, I, I, uh, I would do it again. I would absolutely do it again next year. And in fact, I received a very nice compliment from Emily who said, uh, I mentioned that I had never done this before. And she said, wait, you've never done a live podcast before. Mm. I said, no. And she said, you would never know it. And that's fantastic. uh, Yes. That was a very nice. And so after the show was over, a bunch of us went down to the bar and had a drink and we kind of just commiserated. And, and it was, uh, it was just, uh, it was a really, really good time. And, uh, I normally spend a lot of time beating myself up, but in this case, I won't, I was actually pretty proud of myself that I pushed through my fear and I did this thing and it came off really well. And by the time you all listening to this, that episode will have already been up on the site. It is the Saturday episode of pod Dylan and it is the live show. So if uh, you want to listen to it, you can, it's it runs about an hour. Our show was the final show of the festival. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, there was the, the festival ran over the course of about a month and a half, and they did a bunch of shows at the Tattooed Mom, and ours was the very last one, 730 uh, on Sunday. And uh, like I said, I, we, just, we just had a, a blast. So I, I thank Philadelphia Podcast Festival for letting me do it, and I have to thank Tom Moon for doing it, and I thank all my friends for showing up. And uh, like I said, it was, it was just very, very rewarding and like i said when it comes around next year i will apply to do it next year so live next year uh, mashcast live baby mashcast live oh my god no, i'm, okay, I'm kidding cool. of course no i'm kidding of course it would be oh. pod dylan again. okay <laughs> that was a cool looking bar too by the way the pictures you yes. posted made it looks really really cool either that it's or someone went crazy with the graffiti one or the other but no the walls are just covered with stuff and so uh yeah no it was great yeah kelly and i actually scoped the place out a couple of weeks ago just to sort of you know see the, the room pictures. and 
yeah, and we we went and got got a got dinner and had a few beers and it was it was great. It was it was it's just like it's something I never thought I would ever do. And now that I've done it, I kind of want to do it again because it's like it was kind of neat to be able to see the person's face as I was talking to them. I mean, in this, you know, I'm talking with you, not in this case. I don't want to see your face. Well, we tried it people, once and it did not go well. Did not go well. But I mean, it was nice to be able to kind of like see where Tom was going and see where he was wrapping up and make eye contact, eye contact with him. Uh, and uh, look, the. The, the technical end of it was great. I was able to plug my phone into the sound system of the room. So hmm. you could, I could play sound clips and everyone could hear them very clearly. Nice. So I played, I played a different bunch of different versions of the song. Uh, it was, it was just a real blast. And so I am, I'm, I'm thrilled it's over because now I don't <laughs> have to worry about it anymore. But, uh, but it was, it was a really, really good time. And, uh, and again, I thank everybody for, for coming out. It was just, uh, it, it meant a lot to me. I think it's so fantastic you did this. And I'm glad you've ripped the Band-Aid off of doing this live show now because so you'll feel more comfortable when we do it in Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con next <laughs> year right. with the live Fire and Water show we've been scheduled for. So. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> the but, line starts forming in March. Right, exactly. No, I, I'm so th- – I, I haven't even heard it yet myself because – just so you know the way podcasting works, we're recording this before it's been released. So I, I was not able to be in Philly. So I'm even I'm looking forward to hearing it. So I'm very excited for this, Rob. And I, I, I hope that we made it. Uh, I mean, as you mentioned, you even you've heard of like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. Everybody's heard of like I, a Rolling Stone. I'm not a I'm, I'm not a Dylan guy. No, so I've, no, I've told this Rob before. You know, it's it's nothing against the show. I just I'm not a Bob. No, Dylan no, guy. no, no. Of course not. But what I'm hoping is, and I I said this to the people in the crowd, only some of whom were Dylan uh, fans, is that I hope that this episode gives enough context to the song that you can enjoy it for the sort of pop culture history rather than you know knowing all the the bells and whistles of the dylan universe i'm hope because we we talked about how we recorded it and the legacy of it and the we quote the lyrics and my my theory behind the song Mm. in terms of and so i hope that even for people who don't know bob dylan very well or very or even at all it still works and that it's oh it's two guys talking about a very famous song that kind of thing I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I mean, I've listened to several episodes of your show. I've never been lost, even though I may not know the music. It's always been fascinating, the history you guys talk about the song. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And if you guys haven't checked it out, I strongly urge you to. It's going to be great. Thank you. Yeah, good stuff. Um, well, let's see. I, I, I did uh, no, nothing along the scale of what Rob did here. But I recently was at a comic convention called Infinity Con here in our hometown. And uh, we, I was on a panel. It was nothing like preparing what Rob had to do. I just had to talk about some nerdy crap and make, make pithy comments. But uh, that, that was something we did recently here. I was just, you got me thinking about recording podcasts and whatnot. And that appeared on the FW Presents feed a couple of weeks back. Um, but the neat thing about it, more, more than that for me, it was, it was fun to go to a convention and hang out with some of my local friends. Uh, my buddy CT from the Nerd Lunch podcast. He's sort of a you know a distant cousin of ours out there in the universe, and then my buddy Nathan Archer, who uh, is the editorial cartoonist for um, our local newspaper, he's fantastic. And my buddy Patrick, who was a guest on the JLI show a while back, so I got to hang out with all of them in InfinityCon, and just it was, it was a great time. But uh, more importantly, uh, I just got back from a very long trip, and I, I thought it was worth talking about because I also recorded a podcast while I was there. I went to Maine 
for my wife and I's 15th wedding anniversary. So we, uh, yeah, we, we, we would been trying to decide what to do for our wedding anniversary for a while. At one point we thought about going to Italy and it just, uh, it wasn't in the cards. So we decided, you know, what, what's, um, what, what's, what's so funny about that? I'm just thinking, it's like, what are we going to do over 15th anniversary? I know, meet Siskoid. Well, you know, the irony is, it, that's where Rob's leading to, if you, if you don't follow me on social media, yes. Uh, not only did we meet Siskoid on that trip, it was actually on the day of our anniversary. So, which is kind of weird, but it just happened for to For your 15th anniversary, say it with a Canadian. <laughs> and maple syrup. So yes, we uh, we decided we love uh, hiking and things like that. So we went to Maine. It's a different comp- where I live in Florida. Maine is about as different as you can get. So we went up. To, we spent a couple of days in Portland and some of the surrounding cities. We went to Freeport. We stayed in Freeport. Um, had a really really nice time. Then we went over over to Bar Harbor, which is this gorgeous, cute little uh, fishing community and tourist community. I guess you're supposed to say Bahaba is how they all say it up there. But uh, and, and let me tell you. When in the heat of summer, in July, right? You know, I live in Florida, so it's miserably hot down here. Uh, it's like a hundred plus degrees every single day with the heat index, everything. So thank goodness I went seventeen hundred miles north in the middle of July to catch a break from the heat. Except for the fact that the Northeast was having an unprecedented heat wave, <laughs> where it was actually hotter in Maine than it was in Florida, which was freaking ridiculous. Thank you, global climate change. Right. So, but uh, so we, we spent our actual wedding anniversary. We drove up into Canada, crossed the border, the whole thing. It was neat. Went over to a little place called St. Andrews, New Brunswick, which is this little tiny uh, sort of touristy community sort of thing. And we met up with, yes, Siskoid and Boss and Shotgun. So we drove about two and a half hours up to meet them. They drove two and a half hours from where they are. We met basically in the middle. And we had a really nice day together. It was a lot of fun. We uh, we had lunch. They taught me all kinds of dirty words in French. Um, they're actually they, – they, I don't know if you realize this, but they are the first members of the network that have ever met my wife. Uh, no one else has. Chris Franklin came the closest. He had a phone conversation with her once, but nobody else has ever met my wife or heard her voice except for those people. So that was really special for me to for me to introduce them because I, I adore her and I'm so proud and, and I feel so fortunate to be with her and I just can't believe she's you know wasting her time with me. But it was nice to be able to say, look, you know, yay, wife, these are my friends, friends, this is wife, and it was really nice. She really does exist. She does. She, and, and there was a lot of jokes about my girlfriend from Canada during the during the day. But. Right, which of course doesn't make sense because they would know her if she lived in Canada. Right, exactly, because everyone in Canada knows each other. Um, and then we went to the Algonquin, uh, and I don't know if I'm saying that right because you know I have a history of not pronouncing words correctly, but the Algonquin Resort, which is this beautiful hotel in uh, St. Andrews, and there's all these stories about how it uh, could be the basis of The Shining. There's lots of hotels that have that story, though, so uh, there's no one's really sure how much of the truth is, but there, there were one lady to tell us some ghost stories about the place, and the, the carpet in the country club restaurant is exactly the same as the carpet from The Shining. Uh, in fact, there's a photo of Shotgun sitting on it to, as proof, which is great. Uh, we actually, uh, uh, Siskoid Boss and Shotgun and myself all sat down and recorded an episode of Panel to Panel, uh, which is now available on the FW Presents feed, so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> exactly about the slaughter of a goat. Love the whole randomizer aspect of picking panels. Oh, my God. And then we went whale watching, which was just breathtaking. Oh, my gosh. We went out, you know, on one of those boats and the ferries and the out in the sea and saw uh, harbor porpoises and lots of other fish and whales. And it was really, really cool. And I did. It took the entire day to get Boss to do it right. But after teaching him the whole day, he finally got it right and said, Admiral, there be whales here. 
So that was very exciting for me. I have it on tape somewhere. So. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. So it was neat for me. I have now completed the set of the founders of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I've met everyone from the network, the founding fathers uh, of the network so far. Uh, now I've got to expand it to the extended family. So I'm working on that list next. But that was very exciting. I feel like I've got to, you know, I've met all y'all now. So that's good. Well, so I need to ask. Yes. So is is the actor that Siskoid hired to play him, is he billing that to the network or is he just paying that out of his own pocket? I think he's paying out of his own pocket. Okay, because uh, I mean, I would that wouldn't be cool if he charges at you know the Insock Trades money to to pay that actor because I don't really right. believe that was Siskoid. Well, it couldn't be Cisco because, as we all know, Cisco is a naked chimpanzee with a keyboard. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what he really is. And because uh, this guy, the actor who was playing him, was exceptionally tall. I mean, like. Really, really, really tall, by the way. Um, it's a lot of looking up at him, which was uncomfortable for my neck. But um, he was wearing a uh, – th- this actor, as you call him, was wearing an appropriate uh, shirt from the network, which was good. I liked that. Uh, so it, it really – I always have a hard time when I meet someone from the network for the first time because I know their voice so intimately. And I have a hard time connecting the face, even though I've seen it and I know what it looks like, you know, connecting the face and the voice. Like, I remember when we first met Ryan, you and I, we were in the backseat of Stella's car when we first met Ryan. And, like, I couldn't look at Ryan and listen to him at the same time. I just I couldn't couldn't connect the two. And the same with Siskoid. It was very, very difficult. But it, it was wonderful to meet the actor that played him. Uh, Boss was absolutely wonderful. He is such a dream. such a charmer, that guy. Oh, my gosh. And Shotgun is hilarious. Her sense of humor is absolutely wicked. And she's funny and smart and just a joy. Uh, I still can't tell her apart from all the other people on uh, Ohatmu or not, but she's still wonderful. Uh, and then, so after that, that was, a, that was a wonderful whirlwind day. And then after that, uh, we did some more hiking and everything. But my wife and I, we went to Bangor, Maine, and uh, where your buddy Corey has spent some time, yes. and we went on the Stephen King tour. Now, uh, my wife Gina is a big Stephen King fan. Me? I've only read one Stephen King book in my life and only seen a few of the movies. I'm not- wait, hold on. Wait, wait. i got to guess. Let me think. Which oh, you're one? Not, you're not going to get it. Oh, all right. So this is like an obscure one or something. No, it's not obscure. Right. I just see. I mean, he's written so many. I can't imagine you'll pick this. The one. the Tommy Knockers. Nope. All right. What is it? Uh, Night Shift. Okay. No, I would never would have guessed exactly. that. Okay. All right. I think I mistook it for the Henry Winkler sex comedy. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I, I, uh, was, so she's the big fan though. So so I was just kind of like the tag along. But I'm like, hey, you went and met my nerdy Canadians. So yeah, I'll do this for you. But let me tell you, it was fascinating. You know, because you, you're driving around Bangor, Maine, and this tour bus and the guy used to know Stephen King they used to own the local bookstore and so he and Stephen would come do signings in his shop all the time and I mean he still knows him but he just doesn't see him as often anymore but so I mean he knows the guy and his wife uh, Stephen and his wife intimately and he's just telling you all these stories as you're driving around now you I know you're a bit of a King fan you've read some of the books right and seen some of the movies I've 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 seen more of the movies than I have read the books but I've read a number of his books at this point yes are you familiar with it Sure. Okay. Well, it takes place, as most of his books do, is connected with Derry, Maine. Well, um, Derry, Maine, the the fictional city of Derry, Maine, is Banger. And there's no subtext to it. I mean, it's just straight up. I mean, everything he describes in these books is Banger, Maine. As you're driving around, he's telling you, like, the, 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 was it the Barrens, which is the, where they find some of the bodies in, in it, because that's it right there. Uh, I mean, they're just showing you all the, you know, uh, uh, up, up Mile Street. He's like, there it is right there. And he's telling you, I mean, all these street names and house numbers and everything, they're, they're, they're all right there. So uh, I got to feel the people in that city feel pretty bad because the stuff he writes in those books about his town. But, it was really just quite fascinating. Like they showed us the drain, 
where Stephen King, because what, what King would do is he would walk around the town every morning for a couple hours and just and think and just write things down as he thought of them. And one day he was walking along and there's this sewer drain and he was watching water run down in the sewer drain and he had this idea for what if there was something down in the sewers that was hitting. And that's where the whole idea for Pennywise and everything came from. And and it is especially about, uh, the, the book It is especially about the town of Derry, which is Banger. So it was just funny. He showed us the drain that Stephen King inspired all these ideas. And it's just, <laughs> it was really cool. Um so even me as a not a King fan really really dug it. So um, in fact we went to this bookstore, the the new the new Stephen King bookstore in town, and uh, we met the owner and he he let Gina hold uh, an axe, which is actually apparently one of the seven axes that were used in the filming of The Shining. Uh, some of the other ones got broken and some of the other ones were fake and things like that. But this is one of the seven axes that were used. So she held that, and of course I'm terrified now. And uh, by the fact it, that you're still here shows she showed remarkable restraint, incredible restraint, exactly right, and. Uh, uh, oh, it was Pet Cemetery. We saw the cemetery where some of Pet Cemetery was filmed. We saw a lot. Oh, Creep Show. I saw a field where they filmed the Meteor thing with Stephen oh. King. Yeah. Oh. The sad part is it's just a patch of grass off the side of the highway. It's really nothing remarkable at all, but that's where they filmed it. That one's, uh, one little bit with the Meteor out in the field. So uh, I knew you would appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And I bought a book while I was – I bought a Stephen King book while I was there, and I decided to read it. And I'm uh, about – uh, 25% of the way. And man, that, you know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the guy knows how to write. It's really interesting. Uh, I'm reading 112263. Oh, okay. It's a time travel book. Right. So it uh, appeals to me. Now, here's an interesting nerdy thing that you probably don't know and don't care about, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So I assume you know what 112263 is in reference to? Of course, yes. Okay. So, and that is the assassination of President Kennedy, which was November 22nd, 1963. Do you know what happened on November 23rd? 1963, the very next day. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, Jack Ruby assassinated okay. Lee Harvey Oswald. Sorry. I mean, in, I, in, 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 the, in the scheme of nerdy pop culture. Oh, oh, no, I don't. The very first episode of Doctor Who aired. Whoa, okay. Exactly. Uh, very, woo, really? Yeah. How unfortunate that they scheduled it for that day. In fact, uh, the ratings were so poor uh, on it, they had to rerun it the following week because so many people missed it because of what was going on. Uh, but yeah, so Doctor Who's always sort of been tied up with the assassination of Kennedy. Uh, in fact, they've done some Doctor Who fictional stories that tie into tie, to the assassination of Kennedy just because it's, you know, the next day. So anyway, it just kind of appealed to me. Time travel, 11 you know, it's all, oh, okay. So I, anyway, about 20, 25% through the book, loving it. So great trip, had an amazing time that we were on, we were out there for, I think, 10 days. On day two of this trip, day two of this trip, where my wife and I go on vacation for our 15th wedding anniversary, first vacation we have had in years without our kids. What do you think happens on day two, Rob? Actually, you are no. <laughs> my son is rushed to the emergency room, my stepson, with an appendicitis, and then they decide to take out his appendix on day two of our trip. And we're like, oh my God, this can't be happening. And so we, I mean, it's such a whirlwind of emotions and panic. And, you know, we were ready to just drop everything and go get on a plane. But the doctors are like, well, you can if you want, but the surgery will be over by the time you get here. And he'll go home and he'll be back fine in a couple of days. And we're like, what? But it's, it's, it's appendix. And they're like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And so we really hemmed and hawed over it for a long time. Ultimately decided, again, literally because of how far away we were and we live in such a small town and connecting flights and all that, we, there's no way we'd even get home remotely before the surgery was done. So we actually decided to stay. And we said, all right, if there's any complications, 
we will head home. Well, there were no complications. Everything went smooth as glass. He didn't get out of the hospital very quickly, though, because he couldn't stop throwing up. But it was just so nerve-wracking. And it wasn't until we were with the magical Canadians uh, that he was sent home. So I think there's some magic in Cisco. Because you remember, I don't know if you remember, he's told us he's got a healing factor like Wolverine. Like, when Cisco gets, <laughs> no, when he has surgery, like, he's fine the next day. It's crazy. So uh, it could be that Ciscoid's healing factor or what finally kicked in on my stepson to let him go home from the hospital. That's what I'm thinking. That, that, I, you remember you told us this as it was happening and we were all like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, you got to be kidding. Luckily, you were... The, the his grandmother was there to help yes. him, right? That was sorry, yep. so he wasn't completely by himself. Yes, I'm sorry. He, I should say my stepson is 19 years old. He's almost 20, so he's not he's not like a little kid, but he's you know he's a grown adult. He's got his own apartment. But yes, he came over and saw his grandmother who was watching my daughter at the time, and we said all right, and there's all that. So we made sure he had him. Uh, he eventually had his father with him as well. So yes, he had a support group with him. We didn't completely right. okay. leave him alone. I should have. Right. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Because I mean, well, I mean, a pen didn't matter how old you were. Appendicitis is scary. It, it can scary. be. Yeah. So yeah, you could use help no matter how old you are first major surgery yeah i mean he's the one who kept telling us no we i want you to stay in maine you guys need this vacation and we're like oh my gosh what a kid so he was a trooper he got through it though so mm, my goodness Oof, so that was a little crazy but anyway uh, bottom line is it was wonderful to meet Siskoid and shotgun and boss and if you get the opportunity i highly recommend you meet boss and i guess Siskoid's okay too so I, i'm terrified to meet Siskoid, so i don't know if i'm ever going to <laughs> Uh, he, he certainly has a – I mean we all know he's got this wit that's just – sometimes it's it's warm and friendly and sometimes it's very biting. So it's like – Sometimes. Does he even that, like That's me? the word for you. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's the word I'd use. <laughs> well, let's talk about something else that's in the future. In the year well, Wait a minute. I got to – I have to oh. talk about – I have to talk about a scary podcaster that I met. Oh, who'd you meet? I met Paul Hicks. You did not. I did, all the way from Australia. Was he standing uh, Paul, on his head the whole time? Yes, he was. Did he have Vegemite uh, no. in his other hand? Yeah, he, he got off the plane with his spear and his... his, his uh, <laughs> Whatever that thing is. No. All right, all right. God, we really are just insulting every other country. We, we, we Americans really do suck. <laughs> um, no, Paul, Paul and his lovely family, his wife and his son, were, were in America... For a vacation where they were traveling kind of down the eastern seaboard from New York into Washington, D.C. And then finally, I think they ended up in North Carolina. And uh, a couple of months ago, Paul said to me, you know, I'm, we're going to be in New York. And he knew that I was relatively close to New York. He, although he made the assumption that everyone who doesn't live in New York or New Jersey makes in that they think New Jersey is tiny. And so if you if you are in an accompanying state, I must be close, which is not not the case. Uh, New, New Jersey is actually pretty tall. If you drove it from top to bottom, it would take you about five or six hours. So uh, it's, let's, it's not Let's a, not start arguing about distances again. We, no, had, a really, just, we had a really bloody know, text exchange about we distances a couple weeks ago, folks. I'm just saying every single person I know that is like, oh, I'm in you know this. You're in New Jersey. You must be close. No, that's not the way it works. Anyway, Paul said, do you want to get together? And I said, absolutely. I mean, I can't, I, I can't pass up the opportunity to, miss, to, to meet uh, a fellow podcaster, especially one from all the way from Australia. And, you know, I joke about it all the time. Shag, because he travels a lot for his job. Is kind of the ambassador of the network, which is I like a, dubi- a dubious proposition at best. <laughs> and and but I mean, you know, I hate that I don't get to meet people because it's like I'm not an ogre most of the time. I was going to uh, say, I've seen you know, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can meet people, so I was really excited. So I said, Paul, whenever day you want to get together, I will drop what I'm doing and I will come up to see you. And it worked out perfectly in that he was in New York. 
on Thursday the 18th, and I was off from work the next day. So it was, it was perfect because I could go up to New York, meet Paul, and so we met at Midtown Comics. Uh, which was great, which is where that photo uh, is from of the two of us. I'm looking photo at a Doom Patrol. Brilliant. Thank you. It was my idea. I'm looking at a Doom Patrol comic and trying to figure it out, and he's looking at an Aquaman comic upside down, <laughs> which is great. The photo was taken by his son, who was a good sport. Uh, and then we met up with his wife, Samantha, who was just lovely. And then we walked over to this uh, Italian restaurant, and we had a genuine, like, New York Italian dinner where the portions were, like, massive, <laughs> huge things. And we just sat and talked, and it was it was just a blast. I really enjoyed meeting Paul and his wife and his son. They were just terrific. And, um, I mean, I, I don't go to New York enough. I love – to borrow the phrase, I love New York. Every time I'm there <laughs> – I love it, and I just don't go enough because I'm just lazy or whatever. But every time I'm there, I wish I was there more. And I didn't have a whole really long time to, to stay because I did have to get back. I, I took a bus up, and I had to head, make the bus back. But um, after I dropped – after I, we separated uh, with Paul – and, oh, Paul gave me a present, which was a Legion of Superheroes comic. So <laughs> Was it written which, in Australian? Yeah, yeah, I will not be reading it. So, <laughs> uh, so, but on my, way, on my way back to the Port Authority, I stopped – in uh, Times Square, and I took a photo of myself uh, standing mm-hmm. there, and I posted that up. And it, it actually, the photo actually came out really pretty cool. It has this cool, like, key lighting on the side. It looks really neat. And it it was a really wonderful experience just to be back in New York at night on a summer night, and the, the, the streets were filled. It was just great. It was the only thing was just I wish I could have stayed longer. Mm. And so anyway, I got on the bus, and I got home, and it was it was just wonderful. Paul was a delight to talk to his 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 wife was just lovely as i said so i am really thrilled that i got to to meet one of our fellow podcast family and especially someone who is from literally the other side of the planet <laughs> uh so that was just super cool and i really appreciate paul giving me the opportunity to get together with him but it was funny when we were waiting in line for dinner uh, samantha was like oh well how how far away you know you, you, you like she was like i think she said something would make me think you know you must be right over the river or something and she's like how long was your your drive here. And I'm like, Oh, about two hours. She's like two hours. I was like, yeah, that's how far I, I live in <laughs> South Jersey. I don't live in North Jersey. And so they were apparently, you know, like they were touched that I went that extra effort to see them, but it, it was totally worth it. It was a really great, great visit. That's awesome. That's, I mean, and, you know, talk about uh, visual versus the voice. You're talking about actor for Cisco and everything. I mean, when I see a picture of Paul Hicks, I have a vision in my head what he should look like. And then I see this like grizzly bear looking man. You know, it's like, oh my God, that guy he just looks like a, you know, he's got this giant manly beard and he's tall oh, and I, strong. And it's like, oh my God, he scares me. When I see Paul Hicks, I just think Hawkman right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's I, I'm so jealous you got to meet him. That had to be great. And and hey, don't take it personally. I mean, I realize he spent time with you, but you do know like he stayed with the Sutherlands, right? So I mean, it's didn't you know invite you know and there was no you know you only got a couple hours. The Sutherlands got like a whole weekend with him. I don't take it personal. It's okay. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I get nothing out of you. I get nothing. What is the what is the matter with you? The Sutherlands are wonderful, lovely people. I know. I don't expect to be able to match up to them. The Sutherlands. <laughs> Could the any of us ever? No, exactly. Exactly. Well, and speaking of the Sutherlands, uh, I am ready to be ditched by them once again at a convention. Because whenever <laughs> whenever we go to a convention with the Sutherlands, they to- they like, hey guys, it's so good to see you. By the way. 
we got invited by the mayor of this town to spend the whole weekend with him. We're not going to see you. Bye. You know, or, or maybe it's um, uh, uh, Round Randall or whoever it might be they're hanging out with. They ditch us over and over and over again. And this Often t- heard at a Comic-Con, there's the limo driving by with the Sutherlands in it. Right, exactly. So uh, we are, have decided to give them another opportunity to ditch us. Coming up at the Boston Fan Expo, which is only two weeks away now at this point. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, Rob and I have decided that this is going to be our convention for the year, so we're going to Boston together. Uh, We're going to meet up there. It's going to be myself and Rob and Rob's buddy Corey Drew, who you guys have heard on many of uh, Siskoid shows. We won't have him on ours because, I mean, it's Corey. Uh, He's been on a bunch of my shows. What the hell are you talking about? You do shows? I don't even pay attention. Um, Ryan Daly is going to be there. Dr. Ange, this is going to be a big moment for us. We I've never met Dr. Ange before. I'm so excited. I'm very Plus, I, was I, I need to have him examine me. I have this weird thing. On, never mind. <laughs> Just save it for the, save it for the convention. Uh, our buddy Kichi <laughs> Baker is going to be there. Derek Crabb. Uh, Diablo Frank and his lovely girlfriend is going to be there. Again, the aforementioned Ruth and Darren Sutherland, also known, known as the Absentee Twins. Uh, our buddy Tim Price and Brian Linton. So this is going to be great. I'm so excited. And if I've forgotten anybody, I am terribly sorry. I just don't is... Is Derek's jacket going to be there? You didn't I think mention. it's a requisite. I mean, when I say Derek Crab, what I really mean is Derek Crab's wardrobe. Oh, and Derek. I mean, that's kind okay. of what I meant. Okay. But, uh, Fair enough. <laughs> we'll have to get a picture of you in the jacket again. That, that would be the best. Absolutely. The jacket is doing an autograph signing at 3, 7, <laughs> and then 9, and then it has a panel on Sunday morning. One of my favorite photos from Baltimore last year, uh, when Rob could not join us, unfortunately, sadly, but uh, was Derek in his jacket standing next to Gene Hendricks in his zip-up hoodie that represents Star Trek The Motion Picture uniforms. And uh, those two together <laughs> It's just too much. That is like doing a hit of cocaine followed up by a sleeping pill. Right, right, at the same time. (laughs) So uh, is there anything particular you're excited about besides all the friends and everything about Boston Fan Expo? Uh, I mean, the convention, not as much because I just don't get autographs really at all at this point. Um, And I don't really – I don't get original art. I just kind of like phased out of that part of my collecting life. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really is just the opportunity to, to hang out with so many people. And we even kind of, I don't know, maybe we'd pull back the curtain a little bit. We, we had a chance to do two different shows and there was one in Connecticut. That's a couple weeks later, which I think is the terrific con. I think that's called. And the the guest looks list looks amazing. That's, that's like a genuine comic con that, that show. Uh, as opposed to the Boston Fan Expo, which is more kind of like a celebrity thing and kind mm-hmm. of more like a pop culture thing. But we sort of talked about it. And, of course, Andrew's from there, from that area, you know, clued, clued us in and said, yeah, yeah, the Terrificon is more of a con for comic books, but it's kind of in the middle of just this suburban park uh, in Connecticut and there's not much to do. But the but the Boston Fan Expo is in Boston. It's in one of the major American cities, and so to me that was much more of an attractive feature. Was to be able to where we're going to go to. I think I think we talked about we're going to go to the Cheers Bar because yep. one of us does do a Cheers cast for God's sakes. Um, <laughs> so I mean that, that to me is the exciting part. I love being in big cities. It's thrilling to me. I've lived in the suburbs my whole life, so when I'm in a big city, I always in, really enjoy it. So I'm just I'm just really looking forward to hanging out with everybody in a big city where there's going to be lots to do and lots to drink. Maybe I shouldn't drink as much as I did two years ago in North Carolina. But um, <laughs> there's just going to be a whole lot to do. And I will say I'm. this is going to be extra special because it will be right on my birthday. I know. Is when right. we're going to be out there. That, that was my trip. That was my present to myself this year because, as you mentioned, I didn't get to go to the Baltimore 
show last year. At the last second, I had to pull out of it, and I've always regretted that. And so now I was like, come hell or high water, I'm, we're getting together this year. So, yeah, I am really, really excited to be over there for my birthday and just have fun when hanging out with all the podcasting people. So it ought to be a real blast. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. And there, there are a, a good fair amount of creators still coming, uh, not just uh, pop celebrities. There is a pop celebrity right. I'm interested in. Uh, Peter Capaldi is going to be there, who Ooh. is the 12th Doctor. And I'm really excited for that because I have never – I've met a lot of the living Doctors, but I have never met um, anyone from the new series, you know, the current Doctor Who series. So the, if I get a chance to see him, depending on how everything is going on, it'll be my, my first chance to do that. So I'm really rather jazzed about that. Can you get a picture with him that's like not can, – can like do Doctor Who people get pictures without costing a fortune? Well, they, they, their reflection doesn't – get captured i mean they're time wars but no yeah no well it's it's like a hundred bucks uh i think that's not also. bad yeah that's not it's, bad at all it's okay. within shooting distance so i can i can i can probably deal with that but okay. um now there are going to be uh and i'm doing i'm trying to google this at the same time so i'm not having any luck so you know i'm just going to stop there i think there's going to be some comic creator folks there that are friends friendly with the network i don't want to say any names because i can't navigate the website and record a podcast at the same time so uh but i think we're gonna have some comic creators that we like there as well that we're buddies with so uh, overall all, it's just it's going to be so much fun. If you're going to the Boston Fan Expo or you have the opportunity to go to the Boston Fan Expo, please get in touch with us. Let us know. We would love to meet more people that are associated with this wonderful community of friends. It would be fantastic. Yeah, mi- I'm really looking forward to it. We might even let you share a bed with Ryan because, quite frankly, I'm scared too after last time. So. <laughs> The boy likes to spoon. I'm just saying. But um, what else? What else we got to talk about? Oh, we were going to talk about some pop culture stuff, right? Yes, because there's some random things that we've been enjoying the last couple of weeks. Yeah, which is what we usually do on Geek Talk. We usually talk about stuff that we're digging right now. We spend all this time talking about wonderful experiences, but, you know, now we should talk about this. So I mentioned Buffy at the top of the show. I want to get into this. So did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I have seen every episode of Buffy the Vampire. Have you really? Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Okay, I watched it. I watched it when it aired. Me too. Uh, it came out in what ninety six, I think it was, maybe ninety seven. And I started watching it, and I remember the first few episodes. I'm like, this is not for me. This is for kids. This is for teenagers. And then like I'd watch the next episode. I'm like, this is. I, I'm still. I'm in kind of enjoying it, but it's it's not for me. This is for teenagers. And then after a while, I try to convince myself, I'm just watching it for the cleavage. And then after like I don't know the fourth or fifth episode, I'm like, all right. Fine, I'll just admit it. I really, really like this. And uh, I love the show. And I watched it for, the, I think, the first three years or so. It kind of phased out. But recently, my buddy Patrick, who I mentioned earlier, who was on the JLI show, Patrick was telling me how him and his daughter were watching. And his daughter and my daughter are exactly the same age, 13 years old. So I'm like, hmm, that actually might be a good thing for my daughter. So we watched an episode or two, and man, did she get hooked. It's on Hulu, by the way, if you're interested. And if you have a daughter, uh, not that you have to have it, or it's not a prereq for watching it, but if you have a daughter who's in that teenage year range, it is just addictive. And so we have blasted through this summer where we just finished season five tonight uh, before the podcast. And it's just, just loving the show. She's enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. My wife's enjoying it. It's been an absolute blast. Really, really fun stuff. So it's a show that is definitely worth revisiting. And I was really shocked. I'm watching it. And uh, one of the episodes in season four 
there it was a actor who had a small bit in there who's a <laughs> member of our network, a guy by the name of Neil Daly. So he does some of the stuff over on FW Records. I don't know if you've heard him or not. But he had a bit part in Buffy, believe it or not, as a character named Mason. So that was fun seeing him there. And then I started following Neil on Facebook. He's really, 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 really funny. I don't know if you've ever read any Facebook stuff. They're hilarious. He's going crazy on Shark Week right, Shark Week right now. And unfortunately, that led me down a bit of a rabbit hole. I don't know if you knew this. Neil has a brother who tries to be funny, who's not nearly as funny as Neil, and it's actually kind of sad. So stay away from that side of it. But Neil himself is an absolute stitch. So uh, I, I uh, my favorite is the third uh, Daily Brother, Shemp Daily. I right. Like him the most. <laughs> Wait, is it Curly or Shemp? It's I always get confused. <laughs> uh, but um, so yeah, Buffy's been an absolute blast. And then just as far as the TV stuff goes, I've also been watching Swamp Thing on the DC app, which is a astonishingly good. I, I didn't think I would get much out of it. I'm like, yeah, okay, horror. But I used to read the Swamp Thing comic. Uh, I actually came in years later after the uh, Alan Moore and Rick Veach stuff. I read the Nancy Collins stuff, so that was really my era of Swamp Thing. But the TV show, man, like, you know, I watched Titans, and it was it was pretty good. Uh, I, I kind of dug it. I tried to watch Doom Patrol. I, everyone tells me it's great. It wasn't really my thing. Swamp Thing, though, I have just super clicked with that show, and I'm so pissed that it's been canceled already because it is really, really exceptional. And Everyone's saying that. And due to some weird tax thing, too. It's not even like, – well, you know? That – May not all be true. Okay. No, like right. that's a story that went around, but then there was other contradictory stories. So I don't know that we're really going to know the truth at any. Uh, okay. So yeah, and uh, and it could have been some people think it might be just WB sort of cleaning house because they're about to do this WB streaming service, and regardless of what they say, the, everyone's kind of suspicion is somehow the DC app is going to get rolled into the WB streaming service in one way or another. How could it not? Exactly. Right. You know, how could this video stuff not be? I mean, they're already said the programming is coming over. So like Swamp Thing and Titans and stuff will be on the WB streaming app. So it won't necessarily be exclusive to the DC app anymore. Um, but, you know, why run two different platforms? It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 So, but uh, there's the comic piece to figure out there too. But the, the DC Universe app, I've, I don't have to preach. I've preached a million times on it. I'm absolutely loving it. So, um, other shows I'm watching: Jessica Jones season two. Finally getting around to that. Really digging it. And uh, I've been watching Star Trek Continues on YouTube. Um, that was that fan made Star Trek series that uh, the, the original series era. It's exceptional. It's really really good. So, I, what have you? And, and I've got more to talk about afterwards. But what, do you, what have you been watching TV screen or movie wise? Uh, well, TV-wise, I do want to. Okay, let me wind back a little bit. Buffy. When Buffy Ooh. originally, when Buffy originally aired, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time that absolutely like was a mega super fan. I enjoyed the show, mm-hmm. but she was like mega mega fan. And I actually ended up doing portraits of the entire cast wow. uh, for her as various presents, like my cut paper portraits. And so uh, I don't know whether she still has them or she just burned everything that I gave her at some point. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Did you give her that ring, but, the uh, Angel Buffy ring thing? <laughs> <laughs> I did not, but no, uh, everyone but, but did. No, <laughs> no, I did. I did all the portraits of the Buffy cast, so that that was kind of That's fun. Awesome. So yeah, that I was that was big, and I I still say that episode, the body, uh, where the, about the the one with the mother, um, is a few nights ago. not yeah. Not only not only is it the best Buffy episode in my opinion, it's one of the best episodes of television ever produced. Uh, but, but so I, you know, when that show was at its best, it was really, really good. So anyway, that's if, Buffy. If I can comment just on that. Um, if anyone, if you've ever lost anyone in your life and actually had to deal with what death is actually life in real life, that episode hit so hard. I mean, yeah. I cried yeah. for the whole 52 minutes or whatever the heck it was. And my daughter and wife just had to understand. And I just, but it, wow, was that powerful. 
one of the best final shots in any television show I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, but anyway, okay, so, the, so there was Buffy. Um, TV-wise, I will admit, I have I tried to watch Star Trek Discovery, oh, okay. and I, I just could not get into it. I just, I, I watched, like, God, this is so painfully boring. Not so, that so I need... Did, so did you get the CBS app for Murder, She Wrote then or something? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. No, as a CBS employee, I get the CBS <laughs> All Access uh, app for free. Nice. So uh, I've tried to watch Discovery. Discovery. And look, I don't need Star Trek to be all, you know, da, 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 da. you know, I don't need it just to be that. I mean, I love Measure of a Man and that one's all just talking. But I don't know. I, I the, the bit of the Discovery that I have watched, I have just I, I've just this is the most painfully boring thing I've ever seen. And so I, I and I just have don't I don't have enough time to watch a show that people say, oh, you know, watch the first 12 episodes. Then it gets really good. I just, I just don't have time for that. <laughs> but I will say I am all in for Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thought that the next gen crew really got the short end of the stick by having Nemesis be their final chapter. That was just so uh, that movie's so bad, and that crew deserved much better. So I am very, very happy that uh, that that you know Jean Luc is back. And in case those of you that are listening to this have not seen the, the full trailer and you don't want it to be spoiled, I won't mention what else you see in there. But I was certainly happy to see some of the things that I saw in there. So yeah. I am all in for Picard. So luckily, I already have the. As I said, I have the CBS All Access app, but I will be totally down for Picard uh, when it starts because, man, you know that you just that's that's so awesome that they're doing that. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, um, and then the other thing I, I've been watching that I just wanted to mention, I did a couple of weeks ago, or actually just last week, I went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, the the Quentin Tarantino movie, mm-hmm. uh, which was I really enjoyed it. I mean, look. I he has not made a movie that I don't like. Kill Bill. I made a list. Gutierrez demanded that I on Twitter <laughs> made I, that I rank the Tarantino films, and I put Kill Bill last. But it doesn't mean I don't like Kill Bill. It just means I like it the least of you know. It's like the least best pizza I've ever had. It's still pretty good. Uh, and I would say that Jackie Brown is not only my favorite Tarantino film. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Wow. In fact, in fact, I just went and Corey and I just went and saw it on the big screen. A couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a local theater here. The Philadelphia Film Society was showing a bunch of Tarantino films in preparation for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So even though I own Jackie Brown on Blu-ray, it's I can see it from where I'm sitting here. I still paid $10 to drive into Philadelphia and see it on the big screen because that's how much I love that movie. Uh, but I really liked Once Upon, a, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I need to see it again. Uh, it's not a, I find that Tarantino movies age better with me as I get older. I watch them the first time and I go... Eh, that was okay, or that was pretty good. And then as I watch it over and over again, I, I like it more and more. Right now, I put it right in the middle of the pack of his films. It's a little more sentimental. It's it's actually a little more Jackie Brownish than his other films. Hmm. Uh, and uh, it, but it was it was highly enjoyable. Kelly and I went to see it. We both really enjoyed it. And Hamina Hamina, Brad Pitt. Oh, I mean, they, I know you were expecting me to say Margot Robbie. I was. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, we all know Margot Robbie won the genetic lottery. There's, <laughs> she's luminous. She is luminous in this movie, and and Tarantino shoots her like she's this angelic presence in the film, which she is. But there is a scene where Brad Pitt takes his shirt off, and you were like, "This guy is how old?" Well, I mean, okay, he is looking good. I mean, I even, I looked at Kelly, and she's like, wait, she's like fanning herself because it's just like, holy <laughs> frill. All credit to Brad Pitt, man. He is holding on to it really well. So 
uh, I really enjoyed the film. I mean, it's got some really startling violence in it, as you might imagine, from a current Tarantino movie. Uh, lots of footage of women's feet, uh, as you would expect from a Tarantino movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, that explains yeah, the jokes uh, Gutierrez makes every time I post pictures of my feet. Now I get it. Yeah, okay. right. There, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And, you know, his. I mean, in a summer full of reboots and remakes and things based on comic books, which, of course, you and I enjoy like anything else, yep. here's a guy making original films. And uh, he, apparently he's going to pack it in after his 10th film, whether that's the Star Trek movie he's been working on or it's an original thing. I don't know. But I will certainly miss him when he's gone because his films are unique and they're events. And I'm glad that I got to see it on the big screen. Okay. Well, I, I've certainly seen you know all the buzz around it, and it looks good. So now with your endorsement, that uh, encourages me to see it. Does the does the missus like his films at all? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. She does all not. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, the ultra violence, I think, is she loves horror and she loves scary stuff, but ultra violence, like his uh, okay. you know, big all shock right. violence kind of stuff, not really her thing. Okay. All right. Try to think here. Uh, as far as like uh, reading stuff, well, actually listening. So uh, I know you love this part where I start talking about Doctor Who, but Big Finish, who do the audio adventures of Doctor Who, and I talk about them whenever I get a chance. Now, if you've ever listened to one or just don't feel like doing it, whatever, they just celebrated their twentieth anniversary. They've been doing these things for twenty years. That, that's how long I've been buying these things, which is terrifying to me. But they've done twenty years of these series, uh, all range of. Doctor, you can imagine spinoffs, etc. And they did the most amazing celebration of 20 years. They did a, you know, a big multi-doctor story where all the doctors get together. It happens whenever there's a big anniversary. Doctors always get to meet each other. It's like shtick. And they did this story called The Legacy of Time, and it just came out. And it's six individual stories, uh, each one featuring a different doctor that they've worked with. And it, it, Gutierrez and I were texting each other. Well, he, like when I was re- listening to it, I sent him some messages. He was listening to it. And he sent me some messages. I mean, just. Tears of joy listening to this thing. It's so much fun. So if you've ever wanted to listen to Doctor Who or you've ever listened to Big Finish and maybe you've kind of drifted away from it, this is the perfect one to dip back in. It's Doctor Who Legacy of Time. I just can't say enough good things about it. It's going to be right up there with all the big, you know, the five doctors, the the day of the doctor, Legacy of Time. For me, it's going to be up there as one of the best anniversary specials. It's just really damn good. as far as books go, so I've been reading novels lately. I I I, I always def- I, I, like in my life of, of reading novels. I really tend to hover around the TV tie-ins. Um, the Stephen King books really stepping out of my comfort zone. It's normally like Star Trek books, Doctor Who books, Star Wars books, um, and, and then you know, and then rinse and repeat. You know, maybe throw in V or something like that. But it's I always seem to be in that range. I, I read uh, reread a Star Trek book recently that I absolutely adore. It's called Final Frontier by Diane Carey, and it's all about Kirk's dad and how he ends up in the very first quote-unquote starship. They had had lots and lots of spaceships up to that point, but this was the first starship. It was written back in the 80s, so of course lots of continuity contradicts it nowadays, especially something like Discovery. But it is a really damn good book. So if you're interested in classic Star Trek stuff and you enjoy the novels, if you've never read Final Frontier by Diane Carey, I highly recommend it. Best Destiny was a sequel to that. And if I remember right, I think uh, Best Destiny has, has been quoted as a source for a lot of people that have done more recent Star Trek in years. Uh, so all, all sort of connected. And then uh, last thing as far as reading goes, I picked up while I was in Maine. I went to this great comic book store called Casablanca in Portland, Maine, which was super cool. I mean, just it, the the thing that impressed me was all the merchandising, the way they 
merchandise their store was brilliant. Like you walk in the door and there's a bookcase of trade paperbacks. I mean, that's not uncommon. However, this was the day after all the San Diego Comic-Con announcements. And they had taken the time to just pack this thing facing front of all graphic novels tied directly to the announcements. There's a Shang-Chi graphic novel. You know, there's uh, a, 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 cool. a Miss Marvel. I mean, uh, I mean, Captain Marvel. I mean, they really knew what they were doing. And it's just was really brilliant merchandising. I was always, I was really impressed with that. And they also do this thing where they take a lot of comics uh, like loose comics or, or floppies, as some people call them, and package them all together as a collection. So I bought Matt Wagner's Mage, uh, which I've never read. I've never read his original Mage. And they had the whole set right there for like 35 bucks. The whole, I guess it's 15 issues and a couple other things. And so I bought the whole package. I'm really, really excited to read that because I love Matt Wagner. And this is, you know, everyone says Mage is fantastic. And I've, I, have you ever read it? I, I don't, I've never gotten near it. I read some of it at the time. I remember buying it when Kimiko was putting it out, but I didn't, I didn't read all of it or anything like that. But I, I'm much like you, I'm a fan of Matt Wagner. You and I are always waxing his car. Oh, yeah. Uh, on his who's who listings. Oh, yeah. He's doing. So and I loved his Grendel stuff. I just never ventured over to Mage, so I'm looking forward to that. So that's just some of the stuff that in, in the pop culture era or, or world that's got me buzzing and excited lately. Um, I just have a couple things that I've been reading. <laughs> One uh, book wise, I finally I mentioned the uh, Jackie Brown, the Quentin Tarantino movie. That is his only film based on another property. <laughs> that is based on an all his other screenplays are original, but that is based on the Elmore Leonard book Rum Punch, <laughs> uh, and I finally bought that. I, I love the Jackie Brown movie so much. That I just want to live in that world. Uh, it's, it's the kind of movie that when it ends, I don't want it to end. I just want to keep hanging out with these people. Even though that movie's two and a half hours long, mm. I'm just like, if you ran another two and a half hours, I'd, I'd, I'd watch this. You know, I don't care. I'm that way with Jaws, too. Like, I just want to watch Brody and Hooper just walk back in the town to everybody <laughs> We killed the shark. Um, so I, I bought Rum Punch. I haven't read yet. In fact, my microphone that I'm recording this on is sitting on Rum Punch as I speak. Uh, so I'm looking forward to to getting to read that because uh, I'm just again I want to see the differences between what Tarantino did with it. Apparently, uh, Elmore Leonard was very pleased with it. In fact, he yeah. said it was the best adaptation of any of his books into film. So he was even though Tarantino made apparently pretty big changes. I mean, in the film, Jackie Brown is played by Pam Greer. In the book, she's a white woman. I don't I don't know if contextually there and is there any big difference outside of that, but uh, I'm interested to read that. And then comic-wise, very strange, a, a, many many months ago, uh, the aforementioned Dean Compton and I got on this thing where every morning, because we both work together at uh, CBS, uh, when we come in in the morning, we would trade images over our Skype account. And we, I don't even know how we got started on it. But it, we got in this thing where every morning he sends me the cover of a British Marvel comic. <laughs> and I sent, I sent him a Marvel house ad. <laughs> I, again, I don't know how we got started on this, but we just, do, we just are doing it every morning. And we just comment about it, like, oh, yeah, here's this or here's that. Or, this ad didn't go too well. So anyway, he started sending me c- covers of this British Marvel comic called Titans. The, well, actually, The Titans. Okay. I don't know why it's called The Titans, because there's no characters called The Titans in this comic. But for those of you who don't know about how British Marvel comics work, is they were published weekly, not mm-hmm. monthly. So they were ripping through way material way faster than Marvel could pump it out. So all the British Marvel weeklies are anthology books, because they would take like eight pages from a book. And slap it together with another toe. And that way you could have like six characters in one book. Mm-hmm. And so uh, – and, and also these these, com- these Titans comics are uh, horizontal, not vertical. Mm. Uh, they, are, they read like those um, newspaper – those collected newspaper comics where mm-hmm. you know, they, they're lengthwise uh, or horizontal-wise. So I finally – he sent me the cover to one that was so compelling because all the covers are original. 
they're, they're new covers, even though the insides are reprints of, of American comics. So I got so fascinated that I went to eBay and I bought three of them. Oh, my gosh. And so I, I, I bought the Titans numbers 13, 14, and 16. And in these comics, they're black and white on the insides with color covers. They feature the X-Men, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Nick Fury, uh, and the Submariner. Like, there's just random features, and I've really been enjoying them just for the novelty of it. They're sitting here on my desk as I'm talking, and they're just they're they're just Marvel goodness of just super fun. Everything is uh, extreme, and everything's like you know, 19 exclamation marks. And what, I what mean, year were these published? These are in the mid 70s. Uh, like the books. reprints are, or, or Titan was published in the 70s. T- the Titans was published in the mid 70s, and they are okay. reprints of comics from a few years earlier. Okay. So they're like talking like the late, very late sixties or early seventies. So you, the, the X Men, this is like the Banshee and Havoc years and stuff like that. And Captain Marvel is the Gil Kane stuff. And I mean, they're no different than the American comics, other than they're in black and white and they're reprinted smaller. So they're not an ideal format to read these things. But I'm enjoying the novelty of just seeing of this is what British kids read in Marvel Comics was this series. Again, I can't figure out why they're called the Titans. I don't know who they're referring to, but but it's a, it's a fun novelty. And as, as a bonus for me, on the back cover of two of the three of the comics, there is a British ad for the Superman vs. Spider-Man Treasury Edition. Oh, nice. An, an ad I've never seen before, so I'm going to get to add that to the Treasury site. So eventually when I cover that comic on the show, I'll get to uh, put that ad in the gallery. So And I love finding original Treasury ads. So thank you, Dean, uh, for turning me on to these things I really didn't know existed. Well, if, you're, if you have an interest in this type of stuff, definitely check out Star Wars Weekly uh, that was published yes. over there because yes. it was the same sort of thing. They would take the Marvel comic, they would cut it up into, like you, like you said, eight pages, and then they have to slap it full of other stuff. So yeah. all kinds of sci-fi weird stuff in those books, which is super it's like fun. It's like Star Wars, Pestle Galactica, Call the Conqueror. You're like, what? Right. Like, what, you know? <laughs> And a lot of times they had to put original covers on those too. And so yep. there's some really cool Star Wars Weekly original covers. Uh, I think Dark Horse did an omnibus because there's a few tales that appeared in Star Wars Weekly that never ended up in the Marvel uh, USA versions. So you can only get those, I think, in the, I think it's called a Wild Space or something like that omnibus that Dark Horse did years ago. But those, those are fun. And um, oh, geez, you, you said something that just triggered a bell in my head. You know, it's a shame uh, Martin Gray didn't edit those, by the way, that you have because that would have been cool. Because he edited a lot of those British magazines. That's that, right. Yeah. Those, those well, there, there was that. There was that story that broke a couple of months ago about where I think it was Mexico that was publishing their version of Spider-Man, and when they got to the death of Gwen Stacy, the the those editors were like, "Our fans will never tolerate that, so we're not going to reprint those, or we're just going to do our own." And so there's like what? this whole yeah yeah yeah. There's this whole alternate Spider-Man history done in Spanish language where Gwen Stacy lives. Does she because, just move away or something? Or I don't know. I haven't read the comics because apparently they've never been reprinted. You have to just buy them as back issues. But like, if you look at the covers, it's like Peter and Gwen go on to have like this great romance or something. It's like a completely alternate universe of Spider-Man. That is crazy. Yeah, the oh editors were like, the, the editors were like, our readers are going to hate this. They love Gwen Stacy. We're not killing her off. So they just it just branches off into its its own reality. That is freaking hilarious. I can't believe that. That is too freaking funny. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. 
Well, I mean, that's cool. So the, I'll, both of us having lots of fun with uh, nerdy pop culture right now. And, and tell you what, folks, why don't you go in the comments and tell us what you're enjoying in nerdy pop culture right now. Or tell us about your adventures to Canada when you met Siskoid. Or uh, <laughs> about when you hosted Pod Dylan Live. We would love to hear about these things. <laughs> that one too, yes. Yep. Yes. Or more importantly, if you're going to be the Boston Fan Expo and where we can find you and have drinks with you. That would be even best. Yes, so, um, and where can they leave those comments? Uh, you go to the website, which is, of course, fireandwaterpodcast.com. Perfect. So find this episode, leave your comments there. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of this show. That's what this is all about, is building a community of friends. So I think it's going to do it. Uh, next week we have something uh, exciting planned. And then, by the way, I should mention, uh, tune in on, uh, if all goes well, Labor Day weekend. Uh, we're planning to make, a, I think, a big announcement. So ideally, if we can all put it all together in time, yeah, we should have something yep. kind of interesting related to the network in general. Yeah. So check that out. Labor Day, we can come back. And if we don't see anything really cool on Labor Day, send me a personal letter and ask why. And I'll tell you how <laughs> Rob screwed it all up. So <laughs> that's but, just the form letter you have, right? <laughs> it's absolutely. I have to send like three of them a week. It's just so embarrassing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know where the website is, folks. You can find us on social media. It's FW Podcasts or pick any other Twitter handle. It's either Rob or Nazi. You're pretty much guaranteed. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, which is sometimes uh, both. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook, the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Uh, just leave, leave us a message. Say, hey, whatever. You know, we'd love, we love to hear from you. So I think that's going to do it. Uh, until next time, fan the flame. And ride the wave. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them. Torch their hair. They stand for truth and justice. And see a land in there. Aquaman and Firestorm, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah. Hey. Hey, what? What? Appendix. Never heard of him.